Hello everyone, welcome to Scientology. This is episode 11, recording on Sunday, January... Fucking what? Phone? Jesus Christ. Just open. January 13th. Everything's pissing me off for no reason. You ever have days like that where you're just mad? Or your fuse is just... It's it's as long as a, as a micro-penis. It's just so fucking ready to go. And I'm trying to figure out how to get around exploding constantly. That's a real trick. That's a real trick every time you do it. You know what's not helping? All these damn gadgets. I'm sitting here right now looking at three Apple devices that I own. I'm recording on an iPad, which I currently still enjoy very much. And then I'm looking at my uh, finally arrived iPhone 8 that's just sitting there acting like it's not listening to me on this nightstand and um, if you've been following the saga of that phone it all ended very well I lost my phone to briefly recap I lost my phone in a drunken blur and uh, almost got in a fight with a cab driver uh, he kept my phone took it basically uh, to wherever he went I tried to go find it and he was hiding or wasn't home I had to find my iPhone thing on, went through a whole thing, and then uh, went to T-Mobile to try to use my insurance, which I get because I'm not an idiot. And they had not applied the insurance to my phone when I bought it in the beginning. So there was a, about a three-week stretch of time where I was just going back and forth between T-Mobile and the Apple Store. Excuse me one second. <clears throat> and um, it was very, very, very frustrating. Fortunately, I had my old phone. And that was a, a, another test of patience because it can only charge if the charging port is like put in at an angle and kind of like balanced on a thing. It's really, really ridiculous. And it's exactly what I thought would happen when Apple changed their charging ports from that wider one to this very small thing. The connection just doesn't stay in place. But that's all part of the planned obsolescence that uh, is intended to make us constant slaves to the wheel of material objects. Anywho, so uh, I finally was able to get somebody to understand that they were in the wrong. They had, they had retroactively applied insurance to my account after I told them that they were supposed to do it in the beginning, but they retroactively applied that insurance three days after I had lost my phone. So then there was a whole nother ping-ponging situation where I had to go back and tell them, look, goddammit, you didn't help me. All you did was make my bill larger. And that's not nice. So, they, uh, I finally got to talk to somebody who was present and nice and understanding and just one of those people that you hope everybody is, which is just normal and can listen to a problem and say, oh, well, this is the obvious answer to that problem. We owe you a phone. So, they gave me a phone with uh, no charge to me. So, I finally got that phone in the mail and things are up and running on that end. And then the third device that I'm looking at right now, that's made by Apple in California, is, um, or made, made by Apple in China, likely, but designed in California. They're very proud of that. It's an Apple Watch. I got it from my buddy. He gave it to me. Uh, well, slash, it was an arrangement. It was his, it's now mine. And I use it when I'm at the bar, primarily, because, um, 
well, if somebody sends me a text message, I can't look at my phone, so I have the, the watch to do that. And I'm kind of coming around to even wearing a watch at all. It's never been a thing that, I, uh, that I've had. But this can be pretty handy, especially with the emailing and the texting that we're all uh, locked into. But the thing will sometimes give you these weird announcements for no particular reason. Like it'll just tell you to breathe or whatever. And it's like, I don't need you to tell me to breathe watch I'm doing it already just stop or it'll have some strange alert where it's like you've walked a lot it's like great shut up I don't need a conversation with you fucking ghost of Steve Jobs haunting me bothering me throughout the day it's like you caught a Pokemon it's like I'm not hunting Pokemon just fuck off be a watch and a little bit more when I need you to be there's going to be a war one day between the robots and the humans. The robots will win, but hopefully there'll be some kind of a uh, arbitration, you know, when they're putting the, the uh, electronic collars around our neck, and they'll at least ask us, like, so is there anything that really set you off? What was it that really pissed you off? It's like, well, you know what was really the thing for me? Ow. Uh, is what, uh, there used to be this thing where you'd send a text message and the autocorrect would be very cocky, you know, like I'd, I'd, I'd spell something correctly and then it would change it to a word that it thought I meant to say and then it would capitalize that word and then I would delete that word and then retype it again, what I meant to say, except for this time it was still capitalized, like, so that's probably what made me fight the machines. Pretty upsetting stuff. Uh, Sad that it had to go out that way. Who the fuck is screaming outside? New York City is the noisiest goddamn place in the world. There's always people honking or yelling or just talking way too loud for no goddamn reason. People podcasting in apartments and just bothering their neighbors. It's a, it's a noisy place to be. Sometimes my downstairs neighbor in this apartment will start banging on the ceiling if I'm just walking around in my apartment. And my immediate reaction to that is I just stomp on the ground. I don't know this person at all, but we hate each other. I probably couldn't pick him out of a lineup, to be honest. But um, it's just a lot of frustration transfer in this city. It's all it really is. People are pissed, and they can't take it out in a way that they can, I don't know, feel justified by. So they just pass that hot potato of anger to somebody else. If you haven't been to New York City, that's what you can expect. Uh, that and Cronuts and the Empire State Building and um, let's see, what else is here that's worth doing? A lot of good food. I don't know, I've never had a Cronut. Uh, the bagels are good. The pizza's good. There's weird debates as to why that is, um, that it's people say it's the water. I don't, I don't understand enough about making bagels to uh, argue that. But they certainly don't do it as well as they do here anywhere else. So maybe that is it. And they also say that's be why the pizza's good. Is because of the water. And I don't understand that, really. I mean, the, the water is good. I drink New York City tap water all the time. I'm going to do it again right now. And it is nice water. I'll give it to them. That's a fact. But I don't know how that affects bagels and pizza. No, no, no. Somebody write in and let me know if you have any indication or uh, idea as to why that might be.
I am not a expert in that department. Maybe we'll ask Gordon Ramsay if we ever get him on the show. So what else is going on with you guys? What are you up to? You walking your dog? You sitting in an office? You on your way to work? Are you driving? Are you staring off somewhere? Just wishing you weren't where you are right now? A lot of life is spent like that, don't you think? Just sort of zoned out, trying to fast forward through a dull point or something you don't want to do, and just kind of getting through it. It's a weird thing. Being present can be very difficult. I read this book one time. It was called uh, Wherever You Go, There You Are. And uh, there was a lot of interesting things in it, but it was kind of a book about mindfulness, which is mostly a type of meditation that's um, oriented around being present. And um, they had this exercise that they would do, or they would, they would recommend that you did in the book. And it was, uh, if you ever find yourself kind of zoning out and just being on autopilot, just ask yourself, am I awake right now? And there's a strange thing that happens. It kind of like things get more vivid in some way. You just sort of are just a little bit more rocked inside of your own head. And it's kind of a cool thing to do. I was doing it for a long time. And then I found that I, I tapered off on it and stopped doing it as much. But that that's a recommendation for you. Try that out. If you find yourself just kind of going through the motions of stuff, just every now and then just even vocally say it. It helps to say it out loud. Am I awake right now? Because I did it for so long at one point, like so frequently, that I think I did it while I was dreaming a couple of times, and I really realized that I was dreaming. And that was an interesting thing to do. I mean, I couldn't really control my dreams. I think it just kind of made me wake up. But, um, yeah, it's a weird one. What do I need to address? I don't have a ton of time this week, actually. I'm, I'm kind of in a time crunch. I'm always seeming to be in a bit of a time crunch. I need to schedule this better. I need to schedule everything better. I have a real problem with time, time management. But I do, I do want to um, say I'm very sorry for last week when I recorded inside this little car and it was just fucking noisy and banging around. There was all this like shuffling sound and it pissed me off so bad when I heard it and, I, and that I had actually released that. It made me real, real angry and I, uh, I can only imagine how frustrating that must have been to listen to. So I'm going to try to be much more careful about that. And I, uh, I appreciate it if you pushed through and got something enjoyable out of that podcast. People told me they really liked the, the whole perspective I had done on ass eating. And uh, that's, that's nice to hear people say that they like your thoughts on ass eating. And I always like to hear that. I have actually talked about that on stage since then, which has gone over well too. So that's good. And you guys gave me feedback on that, and that's always a plus. I appreciate it. If something I say makes you laugh, let me know because I will then use it on stage or at least try it out on stage. The uh, times that I do get up on stage, I really got to book more shows, man. That's the, that's the big one. I'm so bad at booking shows. I have this terrible thing. Well, I don't know if it's terrible, but it's terrible. It's terrible for the entertainment industry. It's really bad for doing stand-up. that um, if I have any kind of feeling that people don't want me around or or I feel unwelcome at all. I just leave a situation, you know? I don't I don't try to be places I'm not welcome. Always blows my mind when people do that. If I have to kick somebody out of the bar, uh, of all the bars that I've had to work work at, 
Every time I have to kick somebody out, it blows my mind when they fight back. Just argue, arguing or, or trying to plead their case or something like that. It's the strangest thing to me because I, it just doesn't register in my mind. It's like, if I'm not wanted somewhere, I want to know so I can fucking go. Like, all you got to tell me is like, hey, you know, you kind of been coming around a lot and that like, that's not that cool. I'm like, no worries, man. I'm out. There is a big wide world I can go. I just want to be where I'm wanted and welcome or just not noticed. I'll even take not noticed. I don't need to be celebrated. I just don't want to be fucking unwelcome somewhere. That's crazy to me that you would ever want to be anywhere where people don't want you to be fucking blows my mind. That's so weird to me. So incredibly weird. And I always try to say that to guys. And it's always guys that I have to kick out. And be like, man, you just gotta go. Like, you could come back some other time. I'm not saying you can't ever come back. But you gotta go right now, okay? Like, come on, man. Just just give me one more chance. It's like, we're not having a conversation. Just go before I have to get a bouncer to put his fucking hands on you. It's so weird, man. People are so goddamn weird. Uh, speaking of which, I had asked some questions to see if you guys wanted me to talk about anything on this. And um, one of the things that was recommended to me was uh, to discuss my thoughts on the Bird Box Challenge. Now, I didn't know what that was, and I had to look it up. I know the movie, Bird Box. I haven't seen it. I probably won't ever watch it, but it's been explained to me that it's essentially the uh, same thing that they did with that Quiet Place movie, which is another movie I didn't watch, except they just changed one of the senses, so they can't talk in that one, and in this one they can't see, and there's a monster, or something, or a presence, whatever it might be. It's very popular. People like Sandra Bullock. She's in it, and she's blindfolded. Maybe that's fun for people. Anyway, now people are trying to blindfold themselves and do things in general. Just live their day, you know, jokingly blind. Which has got to be fun for blind people to hear about. And, um... Noisy-ass city. And that's... That's whatever, you know? If you're going to walk around your apartment and stub your toe, good on you. Have fun. Maybe you'll appreciate your sight that much more when you're done with this dumb thing. But then I looked on online to uh, see more things about it. And I guess somebody got in a car wreck. Because they were trying to drive with, with the blindfold on. And, um... I don't know how you get that done. That doesn't make any fucking sense at all that you would have lived this long to get your license. I mean, if you fucking smashed into another car driving blindfolded, I would hope that they'd wake you up and say, Hey, stupid, wake up. You're in a prison hospital. We have some questions to ask you before we throw away the key. A... How did you get a car? Who gave you keys? How did you live to be whatever age you're at? You watch this movie on Netflix? Who signed you up for Netflix? You surely can't read or type. What kind of fucking dumb piece of shit drives a car with a blindfold on? You fucking idiot. Oh my fucking god. I'm all for forgiveness and, and you know, trying to understand people's positions and their life and all that shit. Everybody does dumb shit, man, but there's got to be a certain level of stupid 
that you're just like, man, we're going to have to drown you. Like, we can't risk you having kids or spreading your stupidity in some way. This is just, you didn't make it this round. You're going to die now and maybe there's reincarnation and you'll come back as something more appropriate to your intelligence level. Goldfish or a cat or dog or something. Something that doesn't need, something that doesn't need to uh, operate in the world of humanity. Blindfold yourself all you want, but please put yourself in a position where you'll only kill yourself. Okay? If you do something really fucking stupid, can you please do that for everybody? Fucking morons. God damn it. Sometimes I wish I was a cop so bad. It would be the most... I, I would get fired immediately. I'd just be tasing people left and right. And I'd do it for dumb shit. Like people listening to their radio out loud on the subway. Just fucking pepper spray them. Like what are you doing? Why are you bothering everyone? People talking on speakerphone in public? Just fucking operate the way everybody else is. They're trying not to bother anybody. Why are you not trying to not bother people? You know? Playing your video game out loud. You just stare at people when they're doing that. If somebody's like cycling through all their ringtones in public on a on a subway or on the on a bus or something like that just trying them all out and it's like no I don't want laser anymore I oh that's a nice piano sound oh those chimes are good hey maybe this doorbell sounds like somebody grab that phone and throw it down the goddamn subway like how 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 do these people what's your job how do you have a job how do you have an apartment how do you have anybody in your life that cares about you and doesn't tell you that you're a goddamn idiot. Man, there's a lot of anger on this one. I'm a, I apologize. I've just really been set off on things. I got a new hat. That's a peaceful subject we can discuss. Got my new Colt 45's hat. It's, um, if you don't know what the Colt 45's are, they are what the Houston Astros were before they were the Houston Astros. And there's a reason I got that hat. I like the idea that I'm from Houston. That's an enjoyable detail about my backstory. It's fun. Not a humongous fan of the city of Houston, but everyone that I care about for the most part is there. Um, and so I, I have great affinity for it. And I also like that people don't really like it that much. That's one of those twisted things. Like I enjoy that people think everybody from Houston is a gun-toting redneck. Trump supporter. It's fun. It's fun to he to observe people's judgment, you know? And that's kind of why I like the hat, especially now that uh, Donald Trump is the president and he's the 45th president and that's his whole thing, is 45 or whatever. Because people will look at me and they'll see the hat and they'll see that it says 45 on it and they don't see the point before the 45 and they'll just glance at it and you can see their face kind of shift and kind of like get judgy. And if it bothers them enough, they'll ask. They're like, hey, what's your hat mean? And I'll have to explain it to them. It's like, oh, it's the Colt 45s. It's, the, uh, it's a baseball team that turned into the Houston Astros. And they're like, oh, okay, okay, cool. Oh, yeah, cool. 
but I get to know something about you before you know anything about me. And I always love that. I always love knowing more about a person before they know things about me, especially if they're judgy. Ah, there's something about that. Something about that uh, satisfaction of like seeing a person's cards a little bit. Like I know, I know how to piss you off if I want to. And that's a real power. Like I used to smoke, I haven't smoked cigarettes in like, uh, maybe seven or eight years now, but I smoked for like about 15. It'll catch up with me. I'm going to die of some kind of weird lung related thing. I'm almost positive. Anyway, um, I still tell people I smoke if they ask. And the reason I do that is just because, uh, I kind of like to see him give me that face like, ugh, gross. It's like, I'll always tell people I smoke. And I never do. I smoke a cigar every now and then. But there's something really funny about watching people think that they're better than you for a second. It just, it's a tip into the cards that's really very entertaining to me. The other thing about having this uh, new hat, and um, it's kind of a, a turned around thing I didn't expect. Like I said, I, I uh, like that it's a Houston hat. That's not a Houston Astros hat. I also have an Astros hat, but people always want to talk baseball with me when I'm wearing an Astros hat, and I don't follow sports. And uh, I kind of wish that I did because it always tends to throw the conversation into a grinding halt, especially with guys. Like, who's your team? It's like, I don't really have a team. It's like, you don't watch any sports? It's like, no, I don't watch any sports. Um, not with any kind of, you know, dedication. I'll do it casually. And they're like, why don't you, why don't you do that? And it's like, I honestly have too many things that are on my plate, and I, uh, I don't know. Do we need to go down this road? Like, why don't you care about who painted a picture that I know about, or a fucking author that I like? We all have different things, and there's a lot of things to be interested in in the world. It's funny when people are confused by you not being into what they're into. But... The point of what I was trying to say was, I'm sorry, I keep getting lost here. The point of what I was trying to say is that um, although I don't get the Houston Astros conversation thrown at me all the time, what I have inadvertently invited is people asking me about the Colt 45s. I invite this deeper level of sports fan that every now and then will be like, oh, the Colt 45s, they were in business between so and such and such and such and such years. Who was your favorite white guy playing on that team? I was like, God damn it. Now I got to deal with you. And you have just got all kinds of bottled up conversations you want to have. And I don't, ah, uh, fuck. I just don't want to talk about sports. I like having a baseball hat. I like that. I like, I'm fine with baseball. It's not that I dislike baseball. That's another weird thing about not following sports that people just don't ever, they never have the ability to let you just not have an opinion on sports. Like everybody who I talk to that follows sports that finds out that I don't follow sports, 99% of them, when they tell people how I feel about it, they say, Paul hates sports. And that's absolutely not true. I do not hate sports. I just don't pay attention to them. You can not pay attention to a thing and not have a disdain for it. I hate what you're doing, which is telling people that I feel a certain way that I don't. That I hate because that's fucking annoying. But anyway, so 
I like that hat, and uh, it's it's fun for various reasons, and I like wearing hats because I don't have any hair on my head, and my head gets cold. So I've got all the reasons in the world to have a hat and like it. What the hell else is going on here? How much time is it? 24 minutes? Have I said anything funny at all? Is this comedy? Is what I do comedy? I don't know. I really don't know. What else has been happening? I wrote down a couple of notes for things that I did want to talk about. Uh, somebody asked me what my favorite uh, wood is to work with. And um, I think probably walnut would be the short answer for that. Mostly because it just looks really beautiful when you put the finish on it. It's got a lot of character to it. And um, kind of a classic look too. Very, like it just, it looks really nice. And it's really hard and long lasting. It's great. And then the other uh, question was, what's my favorite project that I've done so far? And we've done a lot of fun projects. I told you we did this uh, a table and a desk for the guy who wrote Hamilton a while back, Lin-Manuel Miranda, which is really exciting. That's not my favorite project, though. I think my favorite projects are the cutting boards that I do every Christmas with my partner, Chad. Those are just fun because they make people really happy immediately. And, um, and it helps us get rid of a lot of scrap wood. And it's really simple, and I like simple, small things. Um, we do very elaborate crazy things a lot of the time and that's awesome too, but I love I love very uh, straightforward stuff and you can't get much more simple than a cutting board it, like, Oh, well, I've made a couple of spoons and those are really fun to make too. nice little wooden spoons Just because it's easy and you can knock it out fast and it's and it, it, it's just got a lot to it. It's a very dense uh, Emotionally dense thing I guess when it comes to like working with your hands and making something. Let's see. True Detective Season 3 is coming out very soon. I think it's coming out tonight. I'm looking forward to that. I really hope they don't True Detective Season 2 that shit. Because that was a fucking hunk of garbage. The first season was great. And the second season was bad. And I know exactly why that is. And it's strange to me that other people don't. That guy, Nick Pizzolato or whatever his name is. The guy who wrote it taken to calling him Pizza Pants, Nick Pizza Pants, he wrote that that show over the course of like 10 years. And so he really got it exactly the way that he wanted it to be, had all this time to obsess over it, finally got it made, and good for you, fantastic, hope you are happy with all that. And, um, and it took off, and it was great, and then this is what the people at HBO said, fantastic. Well done. We need another season right now. And so what he had to do was uh, scramble. Probably got six, eight balls of cocaine. And um, a new spiral notebook. Sat down and just went nuts. And he did not write a good thing. It ended up being a whole bunch of shit thrown against the wall. Way too many characters. Way too many weird little plot points. Plus um, Vince Vaughn was in it, who I also enjoy. But... I don't think he's very good at playing a serious role because you always kind of expect him to say something funny because um, he's just one of those guys like Bill Murray or uh, um, Zach Galifianakis or somebody who can, like, you just, even when they're being serious, you expect something funny to come out of them for some reason. I like endearing assholes, something about that. But, yeah, I really hope it, it turns out well. The ads look good. I'm looking forward to watching it. What else has happened? Oh, R. R. Kelly. 
I guess there's something going on about R. Kelly. I need to watch some show about him just having uh, sex slaves or whatever. And um, I think we've all known that for quite a while, right? I think that's it's almost on the Cosby level where people are all kind of aware of it, but, you know, nobody wants to go confront R. Kelly or deal with it or whatever. And then also it's a true testament to uh, what you can get away with when you make good music. I, yeah, you could fucking do all kinds of stuff. I mean, Michael Jackson was pretty clearly a child molester, and uh, we all just sort of let that go. But R. Kelly, I guess, has all these um, underage women, like sort of a harem going on in his, his uh, home, wherever he lives. And they're really trying to bring the hammer down on him, and good. You know, maybe maybe that's the right thing to do. I honestly don't know anything about it. I haven't watched the show. I've just always heard that that was sort of the case. But I I thought it was more of like a manipulation thing. I don't know if they're like being held against their will, you know, with threats of violence or anything like that. I thought they were just trying to mooch off of him. And then, as it turns out, he likes to pee on girls and all this other weird stuff. Uh, a lot of the times, assholes just find each other. It's not necessarily a, uh, you know, uh, an aggressor victim situation. But again, I don't know the whole thing about it, so I don't want to speak out of school with the whole deal. But I do hope that no one is expecting R. Kelly to just sort of wise up and do the right thing. Because that guy's been doing this for a long time, and he's been very successful for a long time, and he seems like more than an egomaniac. So a SWAT team's going to have to drag R. Kelly out of his house if you expect that shit to stop. He's going to be pulled out of there mid-piss video, just like not understanding ever that he did anything wrong. You don't get an ego like that and have gasoline thrown on it for that long and then all of a sudden be like, hey, maybe I'm an asshole. It's like, no, he's in a, he's in a, a, a tunnel right now. That guy's doing whatever the fuck he wants and he's going to keep doing whatever the fuck he wants until they're going to have some kind of a Waco Branch Davidian style thing where they knock down his front door and go into his recording studio. That's not, that's, it's really funny the, the, um, the disconnection people have from what they wish the world was and what the world actually is, is a very fascinating thing for me. There's, there's a real, there's a real projection that people have of how they wish things actually were. And they are not that way. There's a great example of this. The other day I was listening to NPR in the morning while I was like getting ready. This podcast I listened to called Waking Up, which is a pretty good podcast. It's only like 10 minutes and it's a brief news thing. It's, it's worth checking out if you, uh, if you like that. And um, <laughs> it, was, it tickled me because they were talking about this case of this guy El Chapo, the uh, Mexican cartel guy who uh, got arrested and they're doing his trial right now and all that stuff. And they brought this person on, this reporter from Vice, who has like a podcast about it. And it's obviously this young guy who uh, is following the case and all that stuff. But it was, I haven't listened to this guy's podcast or ever heard of him before, but as soon as they said, so-and-so from Vice is here to talk about the El Chapo case, it was like, this should be interesting. Because if you want to talk about projected opinions of the world, Look no further than Vice, and you'll you'll find plenty of it. Um, and he was kind of given the the lowdown on where they're at in the trial. 
And he started talking about how, yeah, they're just finding out that El Chapo apparently has put all this surveillance on all the people around him. So he's, uh, he's got like spyware on his wife's phone and computer and his mistress's phone and computer and all of his like underlings that he can turn on from anywhere and just hear what they're saying about him. And, uh, he's always like, he's always spying on people and making sure that, uh, he knows exactly what's going on in their lives. And, and he said, and he said, and it's all pretty creepy. And that was the part that stood out to me. It's like pretty creepy for a drug Lord. I don't think so. I think that's pretty standard drug Lord behavior. That's not fucking creepy that a drug lord would do that shit. That's almost 100% what I would expect a goddamn drug kingpin to do. That's standard drug kingpin behavior, man. This is a guy who throws people out of helicopters, fucking chainsaws people in half. That's not weird. If you were trying to look for something weird in his character, it'd be like, do you know that he, he, he knits sweaters for people? It's pretty weird for a drug lord to do that. Wouldn't you think he's got a hell of a tomato garden, that guy? Fucking El Chapo. You fucking weirdo. Like, it's pretty creepy. This guy doesn't adhere to the same hashtag times up fucking bullshit that you do. This guy's got people trying to kill him all the time, and so he's killing them first. This is what this is. So don't act like it's fucking surprising that this person behaves the way that he... Ah, that's a... That's a... That's, it's pretty creepy, if you really think about it. It's like, it's not creepy... To just be a mass murderer? Or... What in the hell is going on with people? It's so weird. I'm, I'm running out of time. I, uh... I gotta, I gotta go on this week, and I, I'm gonna... I'm gonna try to spend more time next week. At least do, like, a 45-minute thing. But this one's gonna have to be about 35 minutes. Because um, I gotta run out the door. I got a meeting I gotta do before I go to work at the bar. Where I will be tonight at, uh... McDougal Street off the wagon. So come and see me if you're around and you're listening to this right now. I will be there. And uh, I got a couple of shows this Thursday. I'm going to be at uh, UCB East. While it's still around, UCB East is shutting down, which is unfortunate. They're shutting down in February. I'll try to talk more about that next week. Um, but I'm there for a little bit longer, so you should come. Thursday, 7.30. It's a show called Lasers in the Jungle. I'll be there. And then on Tuesday, on the 15th, I'll be at a place in Astoria called Restaurant, again, ungoogleable, but look up RAR Bar, R-A-R Bar, and I'll be there at like 9.30 doing stand-up, and I look forward to doing that. And if you're a comedian and you have a show in New York City or anywhere and you want me to be a part of it, please let me know. I'm trying to do more shows. If you don't live in New York City and you want me to come to your city, I've decided that if you can put 100 people together to come watch my show, I will go there. So wherever you're at, if you want to try to help me organize a show, I'm happy to do that, but I won't go if there's not 100 people there. But we can work on it together. So reach out to me if you're interested in doing something like that. We'll call it the Odo 100, and that'll be our project. So wherever you're at, if you feel like doing that, I would love to be a part of that. Um, aside from that, please rate and review on iTunes and check out the podcast. Uh, pass it along to other people. Let's keep trying to build it up. And there's more reviews every time I genuinely genuinely appreciate every single time anybody tells me that they have listened to the podcast and enjoy the, the the podcast and if you take the time to write a review it makes an enormous difference oh man i had this whole like pre-programmed i was going to read this thing i'll put it in the next one
it's like a basically sort of like this is how you can help out the podcast and thank you for listening to it and all that shit you know i could just wait too and tell you about it later on either way i hope you're well and um i hope you enjoy the podcast thank you for being a scientologist and let's keep this going and i will talk to you soon have a good rest of your week or weekend or whatever it might be and um yeah thank you very much take care of yourself talk to you soon bye